seriously popular. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Lucy Letby is accused of the murder of seven babies and the attempted murder of ten others. While she was working on the neonatal unit at the Countess of Chester Hospital, Letby denies all of the charges over the incidents. Lucy Letby was the only person working on the night shift. It was alleged in court that their mother was apparently told by Miss Letby, trust me, I'm a nurse. This is a podcast about one of the most anticipated criminal trials for years. It involves the most shocking of allegations, the alleged murders and attempted murders of tiny, premature babies at the hands of a neonatal nurse whose very job it was to look after them. Lucy Letby is on trial at Manchester Crown Court, accused of killing seven infants and injuring ten more at the Countess of Chester Hospital in Cheshire. In total, there are 22 charges, all of which she denies. I'm Liz Hull, Northern Correspondent for the Mail, I will be in court to report on the case as it develops. And I'm Caroline Cheatham, a broadcast journalist. Every week on this podcast, we'll examine what's happened and bring you the details behind the headlines. This is the trial of Lucy Letby. The case against Lucy Letby is that she murdered or tried to kill 17 babies while she was working as a neonatal nurse at the Countess of Chester Hospital in the northwest of England. She denies the charges. The babies in this trial are not being named for legal reasons, and the identities of their families are also being protected. They're known only as babies A to Q. Seven of the babies died. Ten survived. Each one of these babies was or is someone's son or daughter and the mums, dads and families of every baby are present in court, listening to every detail of how their child was allegedly killed or harmed. We'll be bringing you that detail as the jury is hearing it from the prosecution and defence. We're getting behind the headlines to explain far more than the news reports you'll be reading, watching and listening to. 
and the importance of a fair trial is paramount, so we won't be getting into anything in this podcast that the jury have not been told, because they are the 12 people who have to decide the outcome of this case. And in this episode, we're not focusing on a baby, we're actually focusing on the hospital itself. Welcome to episode 19, An Association. So, Liz, we should explain at the outset that it's Friday and we're not normally recording this on a Friday, uh, but we're doing this on a Friday this week because it's been a significant week in court. So we wanted to bring you all up to speed with what's been happening. Uh, That's right, Caroline. We're still going to devote Monday's episode to the next baby in the case, Baby K, like we always do. But in the last couple of days, the evidence we've heard in court took a different turn. It's focused a bit more on the wider workings of the hospital and on two doctors in the neonatal unit who were getting worried. In fact, Liz, it's the first time we've heard evidence that doctors were starting to wonder if these events, as they call them, babies becoming suddenly ill, babies developing unusual rashes, babies dying, were linked in some way. Yes, and it's the first time the courts heard that there were some people on the unit who were starting to think the unthinkable to wonder if a pattern was emerging, and if there was a pattern, whether it was significant. We'll also outline today how doctors who first noticed this pattern, which has been described in court as an association between Lucy Letby and the babies in the case, spotted it as early as June 2015, after the first three children were allegedly killed. And how they said their concerns were repeatedly raised with senior hospital managers but were ignored for up to eight months, leaving Lucy Letby free to allegedly murder at least two babies and harm six more before she was finally removed from the ward. So Liz, we need to go back a bit to June 2015 to the death of baby D, which we covered back in episode six because this was the point at which one doctor on the unit started to look a little more deeply at what was going on. Baby D had been born around 37 weeks, so she was almost full term, but a delay in getting her mother antibiotics in labour meant she was admitted to the neonatal unit with an infection. Now, although she was poorly Liz and on a ventilator to help her breathe initially, jurors were told that she was considered to be stable. But the following night, Baby D collapsed three times and stopped breathing. First at 1.30am, then 90 minutes later at 3am, and finally at 4am. A doctor and nurses who gave evidence to the court said they saw a rash on her tummy while they were giving her CPR, which they described as unusual. And it's the prosecution case that these three collapses were because Lucy Letby had deliberately attacked her, finally killing her by injecting air into her bloodstream. And Baby D was pronounced dead at 4.30am on June the 22nd, 2015. Now, the jury's been told that she was the third baby to die on the unit in the space of just over a fortnight. You might remember a twin boy, Baby A, had died on June the 8th, followed by another boy, Baby C, six days later on June the 14th, followed by Baby D eight days later on June the 22nd. And so it was after the third death of baby D that Dr. Stephen Breary, 
Now, he was a consultant in charge of the neonatal unit, decided to carry out what he called an informal review of what had happened. Now, we outlined in the previous episode that Dr. Breary discussed these findings with Dr. Ravi Jayram. He's another consultant who was in charge of the neighbouring children's ward and someone who appears quite a lot on the TV. You might see him on This Morning and on The One Show. Yes, Dr. Jayram told jurors it wasn't a formal review, but he and Dr. Breary had discussed the findings. He said the conversation reflected on the fact that Dr. Breary had noticed Lucy Letby had been on duty and looking after those babies. He said that she was present. In court, Lucy Letby's barrister, Ben Myers Casey, pushed Dr. Jayram on whether she'd been identified by Dr. Breary as a person of interest at that time. Dr. Jayram said it was more of an association and told Mr. Myers that other colleagues had noticed this association too. And under cross-examination, Dr. Jayram conceded that all eyes were on Lucy Letby from that point onwards. So, Liz, all this took place in June 2015, but it wasn't until four months later, in October that same year, that this association or link between Lucy Letby and the poorly babies was first raised with hospital management. Yes, now, jurors weren't told exactly when in October Dr Jayram and Dr Breary went to hospital managers to talk about their findings. But you might remember that it's the prosecution case that, at the end of October... Lucy Letby murdered Baby I. We covered Baby I back in episode 14, but Liz, just remind us what the court heard about her. So she was a very premature baby girl who was born at 27 weeks when her mother's waters broke 13 weeks early. She weighed just £2, 2 ounces, around the same size as a bag of sugar, and doctors warned her parents that she'd be in hospital for a while. So she was being treated, but she was making progress and the prosecution says she was expected to survive. It's their case that baby I died because she was attacked four times by Lucy Letby by having air or gas injected into her feeding tube. And you might recall in the hours after her death, Lucy Letby offered to bathe her for her parents and later she sent a sympathy card to the family. So the court heard that at some point in October... This association between Lucy Letby and these unexpected deaths and collapses that Dr Breary and Dr Jayram had been discussing back in June was escalated. Yes, the consultants were starting to wonder if these events, as they call them, on the unit, babies becoming suddenly ill, babies developing unexplained rashes and babies dying, were linked in some way. So, Liz, who was told what? So in his evidence to the court this week, Dr J Ram said that specifically the Director of Nursing was alerted at this stage. Now she wasn't named in court, but we understand she no longer works at the Countess. And what happened once the concerns had been referred up the hospital chain in October? Dr J Ram said the initial response from managers was, it's unlikely, we'll see. So the court heard that, in a nutshell, nothing happened. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise. 
the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So Liz, that was in October 2015. And another four months passed, and in February 2016, another baby, baby K, suddenly collapsed on the neonatal unit less than two hours after she was born. Now, due to her extreme prematurity, she was eventually transferred out of the Countess to the more specialist centre at Arrow Park Hospital on the Wirral, where she sadly died aged just three days. Now, we'll outline her story in detail on Monday, but it's the prosecution case that Lucy Letby caused her collapse because she tampered with the ventilator tube helping her breathe. It's important to say they do not allege that Lucy Letby was to blame for her death. But for Dr J Ram, baby K's collapse was pivotal, Liz, because he told jurors he suspected that he interrupted Lucy Letby when she was in the middle of attacking her. The court heard Lucy Letby was babysitting baby Kay because her designated nurse, Jo Williams, had asked her to keep an eye on the baby while she nipped away from the nursery for a few minutes to update the parents. But Dr J Ram said that because of the association that had already been made between Lucy Letby and the previous collapses and deaths, he felt extremely uncomfortable when he realised she was alone in nursery one with baby Kay, so went to investigate. Dr. Jeremy told the court he went to check mainly to reassure himself that he was being ridiculous. But when he arrived, Baby Kay's oxygen levels were dropping dangerously low. Her monitor was not alarming, and Lucy Letby was standing next to her incubator, doing nothing, he said. This exchange between prosecuting barrister Philip Asprey and Dr. Jeremy has been voiced by actors. It begins with Dr. Jeremy. I will admit it seemed entirely irrational and illogical. Joe told me she was going and Lucy was there. I felt extremely uncomfortable. You can call me hysterical, you can call me irrational, but that's how I felt because of this association. Then the rational part of myself told me to stop being so ridiculous and I kept doing what I was doing, but the thought kept coming back into my head. After two and a half to three minutes, I got up to check on baby K to prove to myself that I needed to stop being ridiculous and irrational, and of course everything was going to be okay. I had not been called to review baby K, and I had not got up because I heard alarms going off. I went up to nursery one and walked in. What, if anything, did you see? As I walked up, I saw Lucy Letby standing by the incubator and the ventilator. She didn't have her hands in the incubator. I saw her and then I looked up at the monitor and baby K's sats were in the 80s and they continued to drop. The ventilator was not alarming and the incubator was not alarming. The monitor is set to alarm when the sats drop below 90%. I recall saying, what's happening? And Lucy looked and said something along the lines of, she's having a desaturation. What, if anything, was she doing? Nothing. I wasn't aware she was looking at the monitor. She was facing more towards me but didn't say anything to me until I asked her what was happening. 
Any more conversation between the two of you? We switched into professional mode. So the allegation, Liz, which we'll hear more about on Monday, is that Lucy Letby had deliberately dislodged baby Kay's breathing tube while Nurse Williams was momentarily away, causing her collapse. And Dr Jayram told the court that the circumstances of baby Kay's collapse prompted he and Dr Breary to raise their concerns a second time to hospital managers. This time, the court heard, they took their concerns to the medical director as well. Dr Jayram told the court that Dr Breary even asked for a meeting between the consultants and hospital managers to discuss their concerns. But they were ignored and the pair faced pressure not to make a fuss, Dr Jayram said. No one came back to the consultants for another three months, Dr Jayram claimed. And he told jurors that, in hindsight, he wished he'd bypassed official channels and gone straight to the police himself. In court, Mr Myers suggested it was difficult to believe that if Dr Jayram had witnessed what he said he had with baby Kay and really suspected someone was harming babies on his unit, that he hadn't done precisely that. Their robust exchange in court, which starts with Mr Myers, has been voiced by actors. You have a duty to look after children on your unit. If you think someone is deliberately harming them, you do your best to protect them. I did my best by raising concerns to senior executive level medical management. Concerns were first raised by my colleague Dr Breary. In February, we raised them again. Lucy Letby continued to work on this department for another four months or so? That's correct. If you thought there was someone actively involved in harming on the unit, were you not able to raise it with the police? If I may take a step back, we had significant concerns. From the autumn of 2015, we escalated concerns. They were on the radar of someone as senior as the executive director of nursing as far back as October 2015. As clinicians, we put our faith in the system, in senior management to escalate concerns and investigate them. The initial response was, it's unlikely that anything is going on, we'll see what happens. We said, okay, against our better judgement in retrospect. We flagged up again to the medical director and the director of nursing that we had concerns. My colleague, Dr Stephen Breary, requested a meeting with them. They didn't respond to that for another three months. We were stuck because we had concerns and didn't know what to do. In retrospect, I wish we had bypassed them and gone straight to the police. We by no means were playing judge and jury at any point, but the association was becoming clearer and clearer. We were in an unprecedented situation. No one trains us for this. We were not thinking, could this be deliberate harm? Eventually, we reached a point in June 2016 when we said something has got to change, but that's not for me to talk about now. So Liz, just to be clear, what Dr Jayram is saying is concerns were raised with senior hospital managers, the director of nursing and the medical director, first in October 2015, then again in February 2016, but it was another four months before Lucy Letby stopped working on the ward. And in that time, it is alleged Lucy Letby attacked eight more babies, murdering two of them, including two of three identical triplets. Their cases are due to be outlined by the prosecution in a couple of weeks' time. Lucy Letby denies all the charges against her. 
We'll be back on Monday as usual to explain in more detail what the prosecution say happened to baby Kay. She was a premature baby girl who Lucy Letby is accused of trying to murder. I'll be in court to listen to the evidence and you can read my daily reports in the mail and on Mail Plus. You can also follow us on Twitter at Lucy Letby Trial or send us an email at thetrialoflucyletby at gmail.com. And we'll both be back next week. See you then. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.